Welcome to Chalkboard History, episode three. So this is like Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Hopefully. I just don't want to end up on Mustafar. And I'd well, like to keep all my arms and legs intact. I'd like to be on Mustafar if I was Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's the only way to do it. I, because things didn't turn out well for the boy Wonder. I mean, the Emperor shows up there too, so that could also work. He's alive. Thank goodness he's or something like that, right? So I was thinking on my way in, did you know that when I started working on my first book, I used to sit at a little desk next to a window in a little house in Minnesota, and I smoked cigarettes. Marlboros. Things have changed. Oh, I would smoke cigarettes right now if they weren't $8,000 a pack. <laughs> Uh, but that, that was, I was thinking that was 1991. Mm -hmm. We rented a house from a guy named $200 a month. Take yeah. that. Yeah. I Take wish. that. Milo Johnson. This has got that real like, well, back in my day, you know, houses uh, it were was, only. It was a great deal. Milo <laughs> was like an old World War II vet. I think he it may have been Korea. And Milo would show up like Saturday mornings and mow the grass. He'd be on his rider. You didn't even have to mow the lawn? I rent and I have to mow the lawn. On his rider, right. 6 o'clock in the morning, smoking a lucky strike, looking like he hated the world. Woke me up every Saturday morning. So then I would write. And then I would smoke and I'd sit by the open window. When it wasn't, you know, 30 below outside. So that got me to thinking about when I first visited historic sites. Mm -hmm. and, and so... We're going to talk now about, you know, because there's historic sites like ABC, this, that, and the other, Graceland, and presidential sites, and, you know, the birthplace of so-and-so. But we're really going to talk about historic sites like ours, mm -hmm. uh, Civil War-related sites, which any Civil War site also is connected to slavery, whether people want to admit it or not. Because, you know, I mean, gosh, you know, slavery was kind of a you know, important sort issue. Of a big deal. Right, a big yeah. deal. So it got me to thinking about when I first visited and things that I heard and things that I saw. So I thought today we'd talk about, um, you know, what should historic sites do? I, I'm not really that much interested in talking about what they used to do, but what mm -hmm. should they do? What should they not do? And I think uh, as I was then thinking about where I was and places that I visited, I got thinking about a decision we made as an organization last year to stop basically all social functions, but particularly weddings and even the summer concert series at Carnton. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, there are still sites out there that do things like ghost tours. And I think it isn't just even ghost tours. It's like uh, paranormal investigations. And so yeah. what, so you came out of the museum field, out of mm -hmm. the history field in a, in a completely different arena, but mm -hmm. connected. So why would anybody be doing this in 2023? To make a buck I mean it, it sounds really bad but it, some of it just comes down to that is they're just trying to make a buck and it's whatever it takes to sell tickets whatever it takes to get a dollar in the door type of thing and I mean I, I don't want to sound too like I don't know I'll just say it. I think us making the decision to move away from social events and move away from weddings and concerts things of that nature that was the best decision that we could make because it focuses more on what the site is. When you do things like ghost tours, you do things like the renting 
cleaning out the event space in the historic site, all that does is cheapen, A, cheapen the story of what's there. And then the other part of it is it, it takes away from the story altogether. Don't you think that when you're looking for like, you know, some EVP, I guess they call them. I don't even know what that stands for. I've just heard the term. <clears throat> you know, we were, before we came on, we were talking about Braxton Bragg. So I don't even know where Bragg was born, but... Somewhere in North Carolina. Is it North Carolina? I think it's is North this, Carolina. Is his birthplace, you know, open to the public? I don't know. But let's just for fun say that it is or, or where yeah. he died or where he lived or something. Are you going to look for Braxton Bragg's ghost? I mean... And then what's he going to say? And, and, and I guess I've also thought a lot about, you know, when you're looking for things, it's often like little children, you know. What's yeah. little Sally saying through the prism yeah. of, you know, our modern equipment? And, and do you really, but do you really want to hear what a soldier who's gut shot and dying might be saying? Mm -hmm. or, or what sounds he might be making? Mm -hmm. Or what a slave who has spent... Yeah. 40 or 50 years of their life. Because you've heard me say this before. Do we really want to go ghost hunting at Ground Zero? Yeah. Should do. Should we have paranormal investigations at Pearl Harbor? Mm -hmm. Do you want to know how it was for someone to be burned alive or drowned or jumping mm -hmm. out of the 110th floor window? Because I'm pretty sure that we don't. Mm -hmm. Because there are still people alive who obviously remember those events, mm -hmm. but everybody related to the Battle of Franklin mm -hmm. or to Ripa Villa or to any other historic site, they're all dead, so they mm -hmm. can't say no. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. I think it is about a buck, but gosh, can you sell your virtues for a little less than you should? Yeah. Well, the, and the thing too is, I don't, and you and I have talked about this before. That's the reason that we're doing this. I don't know that we're really even equipped to deal with what they would say if you could hear them. You know, if you go on one of these paranormal investigations, and let's say it was real, and you could really hear a soldier that was killed in that battle or a slave who toiled here, I don't think that we're really, in our 21st century world, living in 2023 with all of our comforts and all of our advantages, I don't think that we're really capable of understanding what, what their life was like. And I think some people just won't get it. And I, I don't know if we're right. I hope we're right in making this decision. I mean, first of all, we don't need the money. Mm -hmm. We figured out other ways to make money. And I would encourage any historic organization to have the gravitas to figure out how to make money without, you know, mm -hmm. as I think I just said, selling your virtues. But just the other day, we got a letter um, from someone who was upset that we canceled the summer concert series. And because it makes money, which actually sometimes it didn't, right. but because it makes money, we should keep it. And whoever make that, made that decision needs to go. And I think they capitalized our underlying go, which means I guess I'm supposed to go. But, you know, is, is the role of a historic site and the CEO or someone who works there to have, for example, a cover band? We had a Journey cover band play at Carnton for years. And they're great. And I mean, I think most people like Journey. They're relatively happy. No. I'm okay. the exception. All right. There. Well, you know, may, this is an age thing. They were palatable in the 80s. But, you know, when they're... Intolerable in the 20s. Okay, intolerable. Sorry. But, you know, when you're playing Don't Stop Believin'. Yeah, and people are dancing on a slave cabin. That, that's... Mm, in front gone. of it, on a battlefield. Yeah. You know, a couple of people have had a few drinks. They're making out. I mean, mm -hmm. is this... Is this what we're supposed to be doing? And I think I'd, I'd actually watched it at Carnton for enough years. And I think... I just, I, I think personally I'd had enough, but I'd also had enough of just what I thought was not 
appropriate for mm-hmm. the site and, and weddings, many of them good, but, but some had turned into just, you know, it's all about them and mm-hmm. drunken groomsmen acting like fools. And, and I go back to, I sat at that little desk smoking that delicious Marlboro Red. We are in no way endorsing smoking on this. Oh, uh, we are candy <laughs> candy cigarettes. They gave them to us as kids, so smoking was cool. You know, everybody cool. I mean, you know, the cowboy John yeah. Wayne. You yeah. know, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. You know, cool cigarettes. It was cool. But anyways, yeah. so it took me back to going to places like Pea Ridge mm-hmm. and Prairie Grove, and of course, you know, the the national parks. But visiting other sites and. I guess I saw all the things that were done. I mean, some of them were kind of schlocky, but most were done really well. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it still puzzles me to this day. How much money is it worth to undercut your mission? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I think that's what any sites that are doing it, I, I, I just wonder how viable you think you're really making mm. yourselves. And, and I hope that people understand that what we're doing is actually taking a stand that there are just some things <clears throat> at a site like this that you should do. And then there's just some things that I, I don't think you should do. What do you say to the, the argument? Because this is, I've gotten this response before about the same kind of question. What do you say about the argument of, oh, well, you know, a, a ghost tour really is a history tour with some fun added to it? I don't, so what? I go yeah. back to my point. Are we, I dare someone who's, an, who's a paranormal investigator try and do it at Ground Zero mm-hmm. and see what New Yorkers' reaction is to it, let alone people who lost family members there. Mm-hmm. Go to the Pentagon, go to Shanksville, go to the Holocaust Museum, go to Dachau and try and do a paranormal investigation. Yeah. Would you, if if it's real, and I don't know whether it is, you know, I don't know whether there's Jacob Marley's running around caught in this in-between zone, mm-hmm. but if it is, would you want to know? And and they and this also, I think, turns into another part of the conversation which I was thinking about, which is good or bad history and interpretation. Mm-hmm. The other day I was saying, you know, people have called us everything from liberals to progressives to Marxists to woke, which it's always funny when I hear about woke. It's like, so you use it as a pejorative. Clearly, you don't even understand the original use of the word within a particular subset of the culture. Mm -hmm. So aren't we really revisionists? Because I was also thinking about how some people's history was driven by they watched the Ken Burns Civil War series or maybe they read a Shelby Foote book or they Mm -hmm. went to a few roundtable meetings. That's it. And all of a sudden, they're an expert on a wide variety of mm-hmm. things. And we all know that we are continuing to learn. I mean, mm-hmm. only you would have the Southern Historical Society papers, the full collection. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I have Confederate veteran, but I didn't even go this far. Yeah. I have the bivouac, too, if that makes it The Southern worse. bivouac? Yeah. That was a good seven-year run, wasn't it? Yeah. I've that got didn't those. Last. I've got all the National Tribunes bound. Yeah. I'm a this six, is like a, This person. is like Journey. Of the 1880s. Don't I mean, stop believing. I, any way you want it. Love and touch and squeezing. Somewhere faithful. Somewhere. Faithful. Not yeah. faithful. Faithfully. It's faithfully. Yeah, my mother right. and law and father. Open arms here that. is volume 10 or 11. Yeah. This one right here. Yep. Jubal Early and his crew would be so offended That's at this fine. discussion. But That's fine. So, so what about the line, you know, so I've heard this too. I've heard it a lot. We're all, we were, they were all just Americans. 
Does anybody say, well, they were all just Germans, or they were all just Japanese, or they were all just British, or they were... That, that's such a, such a... Yeah, they may well very well have all been Americans, but there were two very different sections of America that were engaged in a war with one another, killing one another well, in awful, brutal, terrible ways. So I don't know that you could end a tour on a happy note and say, but it's okay now because we're all Americans. You know, someone pointed out to me in that line, because I was talking to um, a friend, and he said, you know, that line doesn't even address people who look like me, and he's black. Mm -hmm. And he said, and furthermore, we weren't even Americans. So that, that sort of safe approach that we can't make any statements one way or the other mm-hmm. we're all they were all just americans and all deserve to be remembered or respected or honored or whatever mm-hmm. completely undercuts the four million people who for the most part weren't actively engaged in the war mm-hmm. except for uscts or people escaping but mm-hmm. it, it's just isn't it isn't it just a sort of watered down feel good mm-hmm. we'll just talk about the war and do what some people have all they wanted to do really since about 1960 or 1965 is not talk about anything outside of 1861 to 65 stick to the battle and have ghost tours and weddings yeah. and uh you know dessert events mm-hmm. tomato picking uh you know day or 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 don't say it yeah. mm-hmm. i'm trying not to a cotton picking tour remember yeah. that yeah yeah, yep. somebody thought a cotton picking tour was a good idea, and I remember someone saying, "Well, white people pick cotton too," and I was like, yeah, "Not but you're missing the point." <laughs> well, I don't think white people were picking the cotton at Ripa Villa. Yeah, and isn't that the point? Like that you're so yeah. tone deaf that you that you make the mistake, and then when someone points out, it, let's say it was an honest mistake, mm-hmm. you double down on the original mistake. Yeah. The other thing, too, is a lot of this just comes back to to honesty and to being truthful. And you can have good history, and good history can be entertaining. Well-researched history can be fascinating, can be endlessly interesting. As as last week's conversation indicated. I mean, you can talk about the Army of Tennessee command leadership, and some of it's almost funny. And you don't have to talk about drugs or laudanum or alcohol, I mean, in the case of Hood. He's he's an obvious one, right? But you could also get into the really bad history by just being a little dishonest, and that's something that I think you and I have both come across. And when I was writing my master's thesis, I was looking at the historiography of the battle and the historiography of the war, and all I could kept saying is like it's like a 158 year long game of telephone that just runs off the rails and gets really really twisted towards the end. But that's in the academic setting. In the public history setting, all it takes is you saying the wrong thing or saying something that you think is cute or funny, mm-hmm. and that becomes the story forever. And then, then it, a whole generation of people that comes through the sites, that visits the sites. Can you imagine if you went to like Abraham Lincoln's birthplace? And Been there? I'm saying as a guest. And you went there and took a tour, and they said, well, you know, Lincoln really was a tyrant. 
And then all of a sudden, that becomes a story for that group of people. And then they go home and they go, I wonder why they suddenly do all the time. That, that is like, and then it, it that, just spells out. That, that's like Hood's on Laudanum. If mm-hmm. you tell, or Hood murdered his men, if you tell that to 20 people, those 20 people can spread that message mm-hmm. in a big way. So I don't want to get, because I think we're going to have a future conversation about the 1619 Project, mm-hmm. the Declaration of Independence, and that, uh, that approach to history, which I think has a number of flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't want to let that cat too far out of the bag. But so so you, coming soon. So basically. coming soon. Episode four, which is like a new hope. Now we can see Anakin in the big black suit. Scary and his breathing apparatus and yes. all that. So how do I wanna how do I wanna broach this? Um, so you've been here, put you on the spot. Almost two years. Almost two years. Right. You probably, like all of us who work in the historic field, or, or get, you know, a place where you give tours, mm-hmm. you have an idea, you know, what it's going to be like just to give a tour and things you might hear. What's been your experience over two years when you think about the guests? What was uh, expected or unexpected in, along the lines of what we're talking about? You know, did, did, did you hear things from guests about ghost tours and we're all just Americans and this woke and we what about the confederate monuments what's been your experience I'm trying to think about where to start I mean pick one um, I mean I, I gave a tour at Ripa Villa where a lady asked me why we weren't doing a ghost tour because that's if you can go on YouTube you can find a certain one hit wonder country music singer talking about and I hope that doesn't offend you I mean you have bad taste in music but I didn't know if you listened to I have great yeah. taste in music but I've never okay cared as, for... as long as you didn't listen to him mm. I mean you can find that video it's 38 minutes long best drinking game ever every time they say the Ripa Villa you take a shot but well some but someone asked it. but like they asked why why we weren't giving a ghost or why we weren't talking about what they talked about on the TV show and I said well, largely because none of it's true well that's history no, it's not. So were None you, of it's documented facts. So were you expecting that when you came out of... When, no. when, when you got your no. degree not signed? To, not to be asked about ghost tours. And then to... White people were slaves too. No, they weren't. Uh, Lincoln was this. No, he wasn't. Lincoln didn't care about slavery. Yes, he did. You know, things like that that are kind of run of the mill. And I guess now, two years in, they don't really... It's kind of like, okay, my cute common response number four. All right, now response number three. Break that down by age. Who's who's asking those kinds of questions? Older generations. Meaning like, older... Older older than you. Older than me. Yeah. What about people that are in my age range? What are they asking? They're asking more content-related questions. Okay, like, but then what about someone who's 30? So you go 30, 50, 70. Okay, so people in their 30s right around my age, they're asking really almost investigative questions. Well, tell me why that is. Okay. Oh, I'd always heard this, but I never really thought it was true. What do you think about it? And then you get the 50s range that's, they're asking a little bit more content, but starting to kind of veer off. And then you get into that older generation and they are just, they're flying off the handle. But you know what, I, but you know what I've noticed? Cause I was, I was wondering what you were going to say about that. Like let's say 60, mm-hmm. 70, even above that up towards 80 range. Cause mm-hmm. we have a few people who work for us who are, you know, they're in mm-hmm. their seventies. I mean, old Bob Hargrove just turned what? 81, 82. Yeah. We had sausages the day before without hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was fantastic. So I had a guy at Carter house a couple of weeks ago, had to be in his seventies, had mm-hmm. an old Brooklyn Dodgers hat on. And he said, 
I've been watching your YouTube content. I can tell you it was from like New York or New mm -hmm. Jersey, at least originally. He said, I've been watching your YouTube content. What you guys are doing is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So there is a segment of the older population. It's not like everybody's the same. Okay? Right. Not all young people are super engaged or super yeah. stupid. That's definitely not what I was right. saying. No, I know. <laughs> I know. But I think it's, I've noticed in, because I've been doing this now almost 20 years, mm -hmm. there's been a really healthy dialogue. Mm -hmm. And we've had people actually say to us that they applaud our decision mm -hmm. to not have weddings or ghost tours mm -hmm. that it that it that it allows you well you can be journey or you can be a much more serious band and um i think that's i think that is the future because mm -hmm. i think that more than ever history really really does matter and not not this fluffy feel good we're all americans mm -hmm. let's let's see if we can hear the little girl's voice in the darkness oh did you see the the the, the cradle rock oh yeah. yeah well that's like an old pt barnum trick you know any yeah. fool can put a string on that and pull it in the mm -hmm. darkness and make the viewer it, it's just sleight of hand stuff I, mm -hmm. anyways i i've heard from people who really applaud the decision and i think more and more historic sites are going in that direction. Mm -hmm. Like I follow pretty closely what places like, especially Monticello and mm -hmm. Mount Vernon do. And I don't think they're doing that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think that um, that's another presidential sites like libraries have always kind of been leading the way in terms of what interpretation can be and what it should be and challenging people's perceptions because. You made this point when you talk about George Washington. We think of him not as a person, but as a god, because he's yeah. father of the country, founder, all these things. Jefferson, sort of the same thing, but both of them, you fall really into two camps. Well, he was a slave owner, or he was founder of the country, and the truth is that he could be both. And so, presidential libraries, historic sites—they've always found a way to add nuance to this to the discussion without becoming incredibly partisan one way or the other. And I think. If you can challenge a visitor, that's how you get people to learn something. Instead of just telling them something fluffy and feel good, is make them make them think twice about what they came in understanding. Someone asked me about a ghost tour not long ago. It was a similar question. Mm -hmm. Why don't you do ghost tours? Because Carnton, there used to be ghost tours in right. Carnton. I mean, I was I, I was working there when there were still ghost tours, and, and we phased them out. Mm -hmm. and. Someone asked the question, and I said, John Bell Hood rode through the chaos on the morning of December 1st, 1864. And he saw with his own eyes what had unfolded, which had unfolded almost exclusively because of his decisions. Mm -hmm. And a couple of people said they saw him sitting on his horse, weeping. This was a man who had been at Gaines Mill and Antietam and had seen an unbelievable amount of death and destruction, and it moved him to such a degree. And I said to the person who asked the question, that's a story that's always resonated with me because I don't think that there's any way to ever fully understand mm -hmm. what he saw that morning and what he felt, as well as others. And I don't think that we should. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are some things that we shouldn't go poking around looking mm -hmm. for. Because if it is real, 
it's best left in that place. You know, at a place like Ripavilla, where there were 75 people enslaved, or Carnton, you know, you, you say a number and it's a moment in time, but mm -hmm. this is generational. You can walk across the landscape here, and if you allow it, you can feel something. Mm -hmm. But there's a palpable kind of heaviness, too. And, and I think that I was in Centralia, Missouri years ago, where U.S. troops were massacred mm -hmm. by bill anderson's you know gang of ruffians and mm -hmm. and it was one of the most um it was one of the most it's almost awful mm -hmm. it was it was there was something about it the the holocaust museum was the only place where i felt that sort of you know you're gonna die mm -hmm. and you can't stop it it was like being at little bighorn mm -hmm. And, and you and you know it's coming and that's to me that's enough you mm -hmm. can go to Carton and you can stand there and look at the that's what I was gonna say Carton is a is a place that I hear people I'm only there once a week but in that one day I might give two or three tours I will hear people as I make the walk up to the house oh this place is so pretty I've never really thought that I mean, like it's a nice house it's nice grounds it's well maintained but I've never been like, oh, this house is so gorgeous. I need to take my picture in front of it. Mm -hmm. Or we need to all get in front and take a picture in front of the house and look how pretty it is and let's walk through the gardens type of thing. I've always sensed that there was something that was just... It's, it's a heavy place. And so this goes back to making a buck. Yeah. Are you supposed to make a buck that way? Because no. is a dollar or a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars going to separate you from being able to open or close the doors, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not. Mm -hmm. And and there are other ways, I think, that historic sites, I yesterday in a meeting, I said, I think we have a moral obligation to do this and this and this. Mm -hmm. And I believe that this is also a moral responsibility mm -hmm. to, to try as best we can to treat the history fairly and accurately and also be respectful. I mean, you can have fun, mm -hmm. but to be respectful, it's not like people don't smile or laugh at Pearl Harbor. Where right. They might be talking about the football game, but when you're talking about the subject, when you're on a tour or you're putting up an exhibit or you're locking the doors at night, mm -hmm. I think you have to be respectful at all times. Mm -hmm. And there's just nothing about some of the things that we've talked about that I want to be part of the future of these sites and hopefully by making those decisions we're actually helping people not have to um, reverse course in the future mm -hmm. that they will understand that we set the bar in this place and you should only be moving above that bar or mm -hmm. forward and don't go back to this I think our donors support we mm -hmm. have more donors and more support than ever and I think that that comes true. So, what do you think the what do you think the future is for some of the other places that continue to do the, you know, it's only sustainable for so long until more sites start to take the course that they're going to get serious about their content, they're going to get serious about their story, and then people will start to lose interest in going and stuff like that. I'm sure there will always be the one or two people that are oh I really want to take a ghost tour, I really want to do this, I really want to do that. I don't think that that's going to be popular 
10, 20 years from now. I, think I don't, they, also don't think it's going to be the standard of historic sites. I think le- that it's, it's already going away. And there are places that I think, you know, ghost tours can be fun. You want to go mm-hmm. through an old part of town or some, yeah. you know, some old house that just happens to be old. I mean, gosh, when I was growing up, there was an old house in my hometown that, you know, had nobody lived there for 10 or 15 years. And it was kind of spooky looking and everybody was like, Ew. but it was just an old house. Mm-hmm. Ripavilla and Carrington and Carter House are not... They're not not just old houses. They're not just old houses. And, um, yeah, I I hope it's actually not the future. I hope that over time um, everybody gets serious. But then I'm also, you know, I'm I'm also an optimist. I, you know, I, I hope they do. But our job also, I mean, it gets to sometimes we have to tell guests why why we don't do it and mm. have the conviction to be honest about why mm. we don't do it which goes it, it, i think the the simple maybe the sum up of all of this is just to be honest honest in interpretation honest in mission if you present the truth people will appreciate that more than blowing smoke right yeah. so and coming soon as you mentioned we have i don't know if it's going to be our next episode but it's going to be one of the next um Few where we're really gonna we're really gonna get into more conversations about um, what's coming down the road, and it's three years from now with the 250th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence and and the early origins of what becomes the United States. This this is a New York Times article I just read yesterday. We're gonna hear a lot about this, and I think sites like ours, which are the crucible moment where mm-hmm. the founding and what the Declaration meant about equality and how that how that is a racial issue mm-hmm. is front and center and I don't think that there are any places that can be better platforms to have that discussion than here um, and so that'll be for the future so thanks for watching um, appreciate everyone's interest so far between sausages and the army of Tennessee it's been now pretty goes. good now ghosts and weddings and stuff and we're going to keep doing this uh when we when we started this we wanted to you know we wanted to throw these subjects out see what people's interest is and um, we appreciate you watching thanks